This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom350.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom350.com. to Fat and Stew. You know, the, the sign right there says Pat and Stew. Uh, I, I, it does say Pat and Stew. You're right. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the name of the show. That is the name of the show. But welcome to Fat and Stew. Uh, it's Pat is out. He's going to be back tomorrow. And then we will finally do a show that's like Was normal what the show is supposed to be. It's been, what, a month? It's been a long time. Um, if you yeah. haven't been hanging out with us, uh, basically it's been uh, a, a mishmash of Jeffy combined with other people. Uh, and That's those other shows have been great, by the way. Those other people, were, those other people were great, uh, and then they're. With no, you. I'll talk about. Uh, and so, part. yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of fun. I haven't been over here in a while. It's I, you <laughs> no, know, you I haven't. Miss, yeah, because we did the radio oh, show the for. Shot, then you missed TV. Yeah, we did that for about a month, and then I was doing the TV fill-ins. And uh, now uh, we're we're back here, which it's it's great to be back. This is the fun. This is the fun part of the day. I will say, it is actually fun you know, radio is is great, and we love doing it. Um, but there's a lot of business to be done. T- TV, filling in for Glenn, you know, you're doing a lot, a lot of, of serious topics. Be done, you know? I know. And over here, it's like you get to hang out a little bit. We talk about, you know, stories that we care about, important stories, and maybe some that aren't so important. And that's what we do here every single day. And uh, we'll be doing, we're back from vacation now. Yay! Finally. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, What's the next one? Thanks for joining us. I don't know. Hopefully pretty soon because I can't <laughs> take this anymore. Uh, and big uh, welcome back to Glenn in case you didn't, uh, in case you happened to listen to uh, the Pat and Stu uh, podcast or watch the show and don't necessarily catch the radio show. Glenn was back for the first time uh, in about a month uh, this morning. It's good to have him back. And he, yeah, and he well, talked good. about, uh, yeah, he, his voice sounded good. Uh, he talked about everything that he did over vacation, learned a lot, uh, so that it's worth going back and listening uh, to if you're a fan of the show, because uh, he went through a lot of that stuff today. Uh, but we have a lot to go to as well. We, we kind of talked about the election a little bit during the radio show today. Uh, Hillary Clinton's ad was a, kind of a big topic. but What a horrible ad, by the way. She's... I don't know if we have that in here today, but... Just horrific. As, as a candidate, is horrible. She's bad. Uh, and I don't know if she can overcome that. I think this is why Biden is thinking about getting into it. I mean, because she has no serious challengers, she is still leading the pack by 30 and 40 points. 
Uh, if Biden were to jump in, I think there'd be some people uh, considering him. And he might. There's also talk about the Starbucks CEO yeah. hopping in, which would be interesting. Uh, I don't know much about him, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know either, except that we know about the, you know, his uh, Let's Talk or whatever campaign that he did with the race, right, not long ago. That's that he right. Was big on. I remember when that happened, I posted uh, Is pictures. That what it was? Let's talk. I don't remember what the, what the Yeah, it was like Let's Talk About like Race or whatever. I posted pictures of all the uh, executives at Starbucks, just so you could get a sense of how diverse they were. Were they talking? It looked like the MSNBC primetime uh, audio, uh, huh. television uh, hosting uh, lineup. It was all white people. I think huh. there was maybe one and not a couple white of females. Person. Yeah, a couple of females thrown in. But uh, believe me, it was not a diverse crowd at right. Starbucks, uh, which is interesting as they were trying to push that agenda. Um, but let's go through some of the candidates at this forum yesterday. It was, uh, what was it, the voters' first Republican presidential forum. I guess kind of a warm-up for the debate. The debate is Thursday. Um, when Thursday comes, what you're going to get is they're going to announce today, and I don't know, at any time uh, on Fox yeah, the News, the 10 that are going to make the main debate. So 10 candidates make the main debate. It's, they're doing it with some sort of uh, polling formula. They say they're averaging five polls. We, no one really knows which ones they're using. Uh, we know that their poll will be included, Fox right. News. And that one uh, was just released earlier today. Uh, Donald Trump leading the pack, Jeb Bush second, uh, then uh, I think... Uh, Carson was fourth, Walker was third, I think Cruz was fifth. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of the same lineup you've seen for most of these Except polls. That, was that the one that Kasich was tenth and then Perry was out? I think so. But that's only uh, one of the polls they're considering. No, I know. So uh, it's hard to imagine. I mean, Rick Perry had a bad debate performance last time he ran for president. Still. But the guy has run the most successful state in the union for three terms. Uh, you know, he is... He absolutely deserves yes, he does. Uh, a voice At in this one, debate. One, one night on the stage with the big boys. You would think so. So the other part of this is before that debate happens, there is a, is it, I don't know if it's a forum or a debate of the other seven candidates. I thought it was a forum, but maybe it is a debate. I, I heard I, I a debate, know. but you had heard a forum. I don't yeah. know. So the other seven candidates at like 5 p.m. get a voice. Right. They get to have their little thing. And then I think it's at 8 or 9 p.m. is the big boys debate. So you got the little boys table, as you were saying, the kids table and, and the adults table. <laughs> right. uh, but I mean, are we that pathetic as a country when we're looking for the next uh, president of the United States that we can't show up a couple of hours early and watch, you know, two and a half hours of television rather than one and a half hours? My guess is people will find a way to work in uh, some more television yeah. during the week. Maybe you take an extra hour and watch the other seven candidates because I'll be honest with you, Jindal's not going to make it. Uh, Fiorina's not going to make it. Right. Looks like Perry's not going to make it. Certainly Graham's not going to make it. Jim Gilmore's not going to make it. And uh, I can't name the, the last one. Um, off the top of my head, that's probably not going to make it. But you have two or three really good candidates that are not going to make this debate. Bobby Jindal is a freaking good candidate. Right. Rick Perry is a good candidate. Uh, you know, I watched Carly Fiorina at this thing, and I don't know if we have a, we don't have a clip from her today, but uh, you know, is I think policy-wise, I have pretty significant disagreements in certain areas with Carly Fiorina, but I like her. And she's yeah. really smart and competent. Might even be better to have the, instead of having the kids' table, or at least have the kids' table there. You know, I was thinking, like, have them just watching so you show them in the back. And then when, <laughs> when it's their response after the after the 10 yeah. debate, then it's their response. Yeah. They get an hour. Yeah, I mean, that's something. I don't know. Here's that picture from, uh, this is what it looked like yesterday. So who, who was the other guy? So you got, uh, oh, Santorum, I think, is going to miss right, it, right, too. Right, that's right, the right. other one. Jeez, I mean, poor Rick. I, I can't even remember. I, I, and Pataki's going to be out, too. 
Oh, no. Uh, he's out. Oh, no. Uh, and it looks like Chris no. Christie will probably make it, but he might miss it, too. It could be the choice between Christie and Perry. Uh, so that'll be interesting. This is um, not... Let's let's watch some of these clips. We got a, we got you know, some little extended clips of these, some of these guys you have maybe haven't seen too much from. Let's start with Lindsey Graham. You know how I feel about Lindsey Graham. I think he's horrible. Uh, I think he's America's worst You're senator. About the senator? Yeah, the worst senator in America. Yes. Uh, however, uh, he's still running for president, and uh, you know he's a, sen a sitting senator, so we should hear something from him. I honestly heard uh, some of this on the radio um, yesterday, uh, and it honestly sounded like he was asleep. <laughs> I thought Lindsey Graham was going to fall asleep in the middle of these answers. It was that good of a get-together. that good. I don't know what part of this, this is. He was talking about uh, foreign policy, which is all Lindsey Graham really talks about. Here he is, Lindsey Graham. As to the Clintons, I've been dealing with this crowd for 20 years. I'm fluent in Clinton speak. You want me to translate, Jack? When he says, Bill says, I didn't have sex with that woman, he did. When she says... Uh, I'll tell you about building the pipeline when I get to be president means she won't. And when she tells us, trust me, you've got all the emails that you need, we haven't even scratched the surface. So I understand this crowd, and I can beat them, and if we can't beat them, it doesn't matter. Hmm. He's not, uh... <laughs> I mean, it's a sticky response. I mean, uh, but uh, that was actually not the part I heard. The part I heard he was talking about ISIS or something. I was just like, he was so trying to be serious and well that's the next clip i think where he is uh how he would handle foreign policy okay yeah here, here yeah, it this is might yeah. Be it. yeah this is this don't go it. to sleep take a sip of the coffee while this is on okay <laughs> watch this this is hilarious how do we maintain free trade that is fair trade and what nations specifically are cheating us well china is cheating they manipulate their currency to create a discount for products made in china and we don't do a damn thing about it they're building islands over resource rich Territory owned by others because they can. They cyber attack us, steal our intellectual property, and nobody pushes back. If I'm president, we're going to push back against China. Here's my foreign policy, my trade policy. A clenched fist and an open hand. You choose. Speaking of China, certain nations have been accused of stealing and breaking into our databases in the government and business. I'm closing my eyes. If it's President it's Graham and you catch a country doing that, how can we stop it? What do you do? Well, one, you hit back. Oh. You make them pay a price. Most people do things they can get away with until it costs too much in China. China cheats. They steal. But it's just not China. We've been walked all over. I'm tired of it. I want a clenched fist and an open hand. To Mr. Putin, if I'm President of the United States, uh, you have a, a different person to deal with. Why is he the, you, in the Ukraine back. today? Because when Obama drew a red line against Assad and didn't do anything about it, China thought, hey, this is a weak guy. Let's grab all we can grab. In the Ukraine, he took what he wanted. The Iranians, they don't think that Obama's going to use military force at all. And how could you get John Kerry away from the negotiating table with a crowbar? So at the end of the day, our foreign policy is failing. We're not respected around the world. There are more terrorist organizations with more capability to strike our homeland than any time since 9-11. And to radical Islam, here's my policy. Whatever it takes, as long as it takes to defeat you. I mean, he sucks. Open hand, closed fist. Still, open hand, closed fist. He's, I mean, because he's not only bad on policy, but he is not a good candidate. I mean, that he, he doesn't. He's trying to come up with all these catch, open hand, close fist. He's, he's got not inspiring there line. at all. That's for sure. No, he's just not. He's just not good. I mean, this is why he could barely win his own primary in his own state, let alone win the primary of. Uh, you know, I'm saying for senator, 
And right. he, I mean, he's in last place when it comes to the primaries of the actual election. But, I mean, even in his own Senate primary, he only got 59% or something. He was so beatable and nobody wanted to run against yeah, him. Yeah, nobody ran against him because, you know, because he's powerful and he's got lots of friends in Washington, and I understand that. Uh, but, yeah, no one would run against him. Um, let's, uh, let's go to Rick Perry. Rick Perry was talking about the border and, uh, and discussing that at the, uh, this candidate forum, Voters First Republican Presidential Forum. Until we get that border secure, it's not going to stop. It's like a, uh, a serious wound. You want to staunch the flow. And that's not what's happening in this country now. For 30 years, we've heard people talk about, well, if we'll deal with this immigration, this illegal immigration issue, if we'll reform it, then we'll secure the border. And now we're in plus 30 years of that. The American people don't trust Washington, D.C. to deal with this issue of immigration reform until we secure the border. And I know a little something about securing the border. As a matter of fact, last summer I looked in the president's eye when he came to Dallas, Texas, and I said, Mr. President, if you don't secure the border, Texas will. And that's exactly what we did. We sent our Department of Public Safety, our Texas Rangers, our Parks and Wildlife Wardens, putting them literally in the river. And we also deployed our Texas National Guard. And because of that effort, we saw a 74% decrease in the number of app, uh, apprehensions that were occurring in that part of the border. You can secure the border. It takes boots on the ground. It takes the s security fencing in the metropolitan areas, and you have aviation assets. And I'm talking about from Tijuana to El Paso to Brownsville flying 24-7, looking down with the technology to be able to see what's going on and identifying where there's activities that are obviously illegal or suspicious and fast response team. That's what you have to do. I know how to secure that border. If you like me, President of the United States, I will promise you one thing. The will to secure that border will reside in the Oval Office. It's an interesting uh, take by him because he did do those things. Yes, and, and there was a drop uh, uh, as far as border crossings went in the areas they applied those techniques. I think they are workable techniques. However, I don't know that people see the border of Texas as secure. Uh, I certainly don't. You know, I mean, I live I, here. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, it's like I, there may be still some illegal immigration going on here in the state. So I don't know. I, I think people will be able to poke holes in that. I mean, he did say it was a 74 percent decrease on one part of the border. He didn't say necessarily Which that it was part? all. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there is a uh, it's an interesting tact. And it's a funding her. issue. I mean, really, I mean, this sounds good and everything. But I mean, he was getting crushed by how much money he was spending here in the state on that. Just out of fed, out of state money, mm -hmm. and then he was still fighting to try to get federal money. Which, after he looked Obama in the eye and said, "Mr. President, if you don't secure the border, we will. I will." Yeah. Uh, Barack was not ready to give him the checkbook. Amazingly, it's shocking. I know. It's shocking. Uh, I will say though, he's be I mean, certainly better than Lindsey Graham as a candidate. Oh my God! I mean, besides the yes. fact that his record is you know wipes. I mean, really. With the exception of Scott Walker, who has a pretty pretty good record as well, um, as far as just what he's accomplished in office, uh, running a state, I, you know, in oh. Kasich has some arguments here. Although I would, uh, you know, there's a lot of holes to poke in that one. Uh, the, the Perry argument is the best one. I mean, Rick Perry's see, way up the list, as far as I'm concerned, over the, many of these people. Yeah, and I will say, our military. Uh, if 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 our, only our military was voting, I bet they would vote Rick Perry for president. Oh, sure feels that way. You know, they, you know, he really, he has a connection with the military. That he understands that sort, of, that sort of thing. And obviously he was in the military at one point. Um, and, uh, you know, that does seem like, military-wise, they really love him. Uh, he seems to really care about the veterans. Uh, like, you know, to me, there's no question 
that our veterans would be taken care of. That we wouldn't have these VA issues right. with Rick Perry as president. And that's a, that's a big step for that's me. That's big plus. Again, I think, you know, he, he's got to be somebody you consider. You've got to see what happens. You'd be nervous about him because of what happened last time as far as just, uh, you know, making sure you don't have big-time slip-ups. But, you know, there is, a, there is some reasons for that. And, uh, you know, you, you need to give him a chance. As I said when he launched his campaign, what he needs to do to really get in, in the picture is to come out and absolutely kick butt in the first couple of debates and show a real understanding of all the issues, have no big uh, flubs. But now he's not even going to get into the That's debate. That's what I was going to say. It's hard to do from the kids' table. Yeah, how do you do it from the kids' table? That's unfortunate. He deserves a shot. I mean, it, the guy has a legitimately good record. Uh, he's pretty I mean, conservative. Maybe, what, you got to throw your the bowl of peas back at the big table? Maybe he shows up at the debates in yeah. the crowd and starts hollering? I don't know. <laughs> Could be it. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go Ted Cruz, another guy from Texas. Uh, he, of course, is talking about Obamacare, uh, and uh, for good reason. It's one of the worst things that's happened to our country in the past you know, eight years. So here is uh, Cruz on Obamacare. There's no doubt we need common sense health care reform, and, and, and it's something you're seeing a lot of Republicans talking about ideas. I think health care reform ought to expand competition, it ought to empower patients, and it ought to disempower government bureaucrats from getting in between us and our doctors. I think the best way to do that, three concrete ideas, are number one, allowing people to purchase health insurance across state lines so that you can have true national marketplace and low-cost catastrophic health insurance. Number two, as Dr. Ben Carson talked about very effectively, expanding health savings accounts so that you can save for more routine health needs. And number three, working to make health insurance portable, delinking it from employment, so that if you lose your job, your health insurance stays with you. Every one of those empowers the patients. You know, Obamacare has been a manifest disaster. The state of New Hampshire, insurance companies have put in this year for premium increases of 51%, in Iowa, 30%, in South Carolina, 33%. Millions of Americans have lost their jobs, have lost their health care, have been forced into part-time work. And I'll tell you, I've been proud to lead the fight to stop Obamacare in the United States Senate against the Washington cartel. And there are a lot of politicians in Washington that have largely given up. They don't believe Obamacare can ever be repealed, including, sadly, a fair number of Republicans. I don't believe that. I intend to make 2016 a referendum on repealing Obamacare, and if I'm elected president, we will repeal every word of Obamacare and we'll pass common sense health insurance reform to make health insurance personal and portable and affordable. All right, I, I'll, I'll vote for him. Right, he's solid, man. Right, I, I'll, check, I'll check the box for him. Is he saying crazy things? Is he saying wild, nutsy things? Is he out of, you know, out of the mainstream of, of conservatism? No. He's, he's well-spoken. You get the impression that he's smarter than every one of these guys. You sure do. Uh, this is easy for him. I don't, you know, whether he will be able to break through. He's got to break through. He's got, and he, you know, another thing that you, you say, you know, he's smarter than everyone else. He does once in a while come across as that. A little bit too smart for his own good. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe uh, that could be true. I mean, and that's probably what this I'm country not wants. That's good or Look, bad. Just... If you got a party that puts Donald Trump at twenty six percent and Ted Cruz at six percent, maybe you want the dumb candidate.
I, I don't yeah. you know maybe you want the guy who eh, doesn't really understand the issues <laughs> that screws up that you know that um, you know makes large mistakes about issues and doesn't seem to really fully understand them uh, Seems you know, that way. like I mean again I would love to put I would love to make a video of putting the words that Donald Trump has said about violence on the border which is his main topic and the words that Ted Cruz has said about it. Put them back to back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between those two videos. And you tell me which guy you want speaking for you on this case. You tell me which one you want actually articulating the case that violence on the border is a problem. One guy who's saying, oh, I got a lot of Mexicans who come up to me and take my food off the table who like me. You want that guy? Or do you want a guy who's going through and surgically dissecting the issue with numbers and data and, uh, you know, uh, real stories about real families who've been affected of this. He's not just a, a statistician. He does it with effectiveness. But do, do Mexican people like him? I don't, I don't, I've never heard him say okay. anything about busboys, and that is, a, that is a big issue for me. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of people working for him, a lot mm -hmm. of Mexicans working for him. Yeah. Ted Cruz. Right. Just say it. Yeah, yeah, because he, yeah, he's definitely a racist, you know, Ted Cruz, C-R-U-Z, <laughs> is definitely a racist against Hispanics. And I will say this, uh, you got Donald Trump, you got Ted Cruz, both of them talking about violence on the border, one of them effectively, one of them not effectively, but beyond that, one of them supports a pathway to citizenship. One of them doesn't. The guy you think is so tough on the border is the one who wants the pathway to citizenship. <laughs> da da I, I don't, Whatever. All right. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is our phone number if you want to uh, call in, and we can take some calls later on. We have. Uh, let's talk about uh, my Patriots of Black Hair. And we'll get okay. a break. We come back. We have Rand Paul. We got Ben Carson on the other side. Uh, my Patriots Supply uh, gives you these, which I like. They're bags. They're Ooh. not barrels. They're not uh, a giant uh, tool to go out and cut down weed in your backyard. They are yummy food that come in these bags that are easy to prepare. And they come in a 72-hour kit from My Patriot Supply. Now, the 72-hour emergency food supply, or in Jeffy, the 7.2-minute uh, emergency food supply. Still a food supply, Stu. It's still a food still supply. Still a food supply. It's 10 bucks, and it's only available if you call 800-478-8061. Now, it's 10 bucks plus the shipping's included. That's great. And it's easy to store. This is why I bring up the bags. It's easy to store. You can throw it in, a, uh, in your pantry. You can throw it in a closet somewhere. And then if there is some sort of natural disaster or terrorist attack or something where you need to move quickly, you have a 72-hour food supply uh, to keep your family and yourself safe. You can get up to, I think, four of these if you call. And things happen. I mean, it's not even just a, a great disaster. I mean, it's... Rain, too much rain for a week. What's going on in Florida? Fire in California, anything. Yeah, I mean, you see, we've seen it in Texas. They get a little freaking ice. You can't leave the house for six months. <laughs> get your 72-hour kit for only 10 bucks, including shipping, today. Just call 800-478-8061. 800-478-8061. Call now. It's My Patriot Supply. It's not just food. It's freedom. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom350.com.
it's funny. That's funny. <laughs> what? It's just, a little, funny? It's, it's just a little paint that's worn off on the P. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it says now fat and stew. The sign. It says fat and stew. No, I know what it says. Okay, I'm Stu, by the way. Nice to meet you. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is our phone number, and uh, we'll take your calls here, maybe on and on later on in the program. But first, we're going to go to the rest of this uh, voter forum in uh, New Hampshire. Rand Paul was there, and do we have this uh, the graphic, by the way, of the media coverage uh, that has uh, that been doled out? Uh, the, this I tweeted this out later at World of Stew. By the way, if you want to follow me on Twitter, go to my Facebook page. Look at this uh, chart. Yes. This is from uh, I believe Media Research Center. Um, the coverage of the top GOP candidates, and we're going to play wow. Ben Carson here in a minute. I think he gets the, the biggest shaft of all, getting only basically a minute, 74 seconds of coverage in 15th place as far as the coverage. Now, Jim Gilmore should get zero. No one's talking about Jim Gilmore. He's getting 0% in the polls. George Pataki is second to last in polls. Uh, unfortunately for Rick Santorum, he's down there in the polls. Ben Carson is fourth in the polls, and he has 74 seconds of coverage? And that really is that unfair sure is. to him. Um, you know, Donald Trump, of course, having more than, uh, would you say, you know, most of everybody else combined. Certainly, if you don't include Jeb Bush, uh, everyone oh else gosh, combined. Look at that. Uh, Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, Donald Trump, 70% plus of the coverage by the three uh, main evening news broadcasts. And, you know, you look at who is Donald Trump taking uh, that coverage away from. It's you look at four, five, six, and to some degree, seven. Uh, Scott Walker, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz. Marco Rubio. Yes. Uh, and, you know, after that, you see, uh, you know, guys that are kind of in the second half. That top six seems to be the uh, uh, sort of the top six or seven uh, candidates uh, in the polls as well, with the, the glaring exception of Ben Carson, who, you know, is still hanging around. I mean, he's, yes, he he's right around Ted Cruz in most of the polls. He's, you know, right below Scott Walker. He's right in that second kind of tier, and he deserves to get more coverage than he's getting. We're going to give him some in just a minute, but let's go to Rand Paul first. He's talking about the Fourth Amendment, the amendment that has been executed, sadly. It died long ago. Uh, the one about search and seizure and all that stuff. Here is uh, Rand Paul. What private information should the government collect from individuals to guarantee homeland security? Where do you draw the line? Well, I think we should collect more information on terrorists, but less information on innocent individuals. We have a way now to get information. It's called the Fourth Amendment. You have to individualize suspicion. And actually, most of the times we've been attacked, we actually have had tips, and we just didn't follow through on them. The, the 17th or the 19th hijacker, uh, Masawi, we had information, and we failed to get a warrant. It wasn't that a warrant was denied. The Boston bomber, we had information. We failed to, we failed to pursue it. Same way with Fort Hood massacre, had information and failed to pursue it. I think we can catch terrorists if we get more information on terrorists, but there's no evidence. There's three bipartisan commissions that say, you know what? The information we're ca capturing indiscriminately on all Americans hadn't caught any terrorists. It hasn't made us safer, but it has damaged our Bill of Rights and it has damaged our right to privacy. Senator Paul, but are you concerned that it might take some time in a terrorist situation with ICE or police or federal agents to stop a bomb going off if you have to get that warrant? There are always imminent circumstances in which things can happen. In someone screaming from a building, you don't stop to get a warrant. It's the same way with the bomb. So there have always been exigent circumstances. But for the most part, you do need to get a warrant. And the real question we've had is about collecting all Americans' phone records all the time. Is that a good idea? 
or is that a breach of our Fourth Amendment right to privacy? I think most of America agrees with me that the president went too far. This is a president who investigated uh, Tea Party groups, has used the IRS to go after uh, conservative groups. So I think it's really not a good idea to trust this president with our records. I'm glad that I stood up on principle and stood for 10 and a half hours on the Senate floor to say enough's enough. The president shouldn't be collecting Thanks. all these records. We can catch terrorists, but do it in a targeted fashion and do more collection of information Thanks. on terrorists, just less on innocent Americans. I mean, it's a pretty good case. Uh, it's tough to argue with that. Yeah. Uh, it's not like we've had a, a lack of information about most of these attacks. Um, and I think the, the general gathering of data on every citizen, every strange, demented website Jeffy goes to, at this point, is a little <laughs> bit overkill. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't need to do that. The average person does not need to be monitored by the government in that way. Amen. Except for Jeff. Amen. I said average person, not you. Uh, you do need to be monitored closely. Uh, Paul uh, also went on uh, and was asked about his political philosophy watch. Senator Paul, your father, or we still have our senators in Washington, I believe. Uh, your father was well known in New Hampshire in the early state senator. He campaigned quite a bit in New Hampshire. In fact, last time, I believe he came in second to Mitt Romney. Libertarian, contrarian, some would call your dad. How do you define your political philosophy and what drives you as a senator and a possible president? Well, you know, I'm a constitutional conservative. I believe the government ought to leave the individual alone for the most part. I think the states ought to be left alone. I think really the only powers given to government were enumerated in the Constitution and all the rest of the rights are left to the people. I think that war should be seen as the last resort, not the first resort. That's what Reagan believed. Reagan is seen as a great president who defended this country. I'll do whatever it takes to defend the country, but I'm not eager for war. And I will always look very judiciously and in a very personal way as to whether we go to war. I know a young man who lost both arms and a leg, and I don't think we should just go to war as if it were a game of risk. I'll look at war as something that we have to do on occasion, but what I would say is that it shouldn't be the first resort. It should always be the last resort. That's an interesting thing to emphasize. I mean, I guess it is one of the things that maybe differentiates him from the rest of the field. Uh, sort of a uh, more, uh, I don't know, if you want to say patient or, you know, some would call it isolationist, yeah. but I think he would call it more patient or more uh, careful foreign policy. And I think that is a differentiating factor, and maybe that's why he went with that. But I, don't, I wouldn't say it's the most popular thing uh, among Republican no primary voters. It's probably the thing that makes them most uneasy about Rand Paul. By the way, Rand Paul's going to be on uh, the show with Glenn tonight. Um, and I think they'll certainly discuss uh, this. And Planned Parenthood, I know, is a big topic of discussion. What, what, what do you think about this? Is that, is that uh, strategy-wise? I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you. I think that's not, uh, you know, that hurts him. Yeah. How do you define your, um, how do you define your political philosophy? And they, they tie it to his dad, which at this point... Look, I'm, I'm done with the Ron Paul so questions. It's, it, we, we got it. I mean, he's his own man. I think so, too. Ron's been gone, gone, yeah. gone away now for long enough. Yeah, and I think it is interesting to investigate, but, you know, let the guy talk about his own. Although he lesson. has said, you know, throughout this campaign from time to time, look, I learned from my dad. Yeah, and, so, and he's also said he's his own man, and I think that's fair. Yeah. But the what you're, you're talking about here, his dad. 
we say, how would you define your political philosophy? And what he outlines is essentially his dad's foreign policy prescription, which is the thing that Pretty made close. people uncomfortable with his dad. <laughs> right. I mean, every, everyone loves the libertarian tax policy, right? It's, it's, it's the war thing. And I think people have come Rand Paul's way a little bit, but ISIS has uh, maybe brought them back. Uh, oh, I, you know, I've gosh, definitely yes. come his way on security um, as far as uh, particularly, mo you know, uh, monitoring innocent c civilians in the United States. I've come Rand Paul's way quite a bit on that. Um, on war, t it's, uh, I've always wanted a, a foreign policy that is a little bit more, you know, patient, to use my own term, <laughs> uh, than sometimes we are. Uh, I'm not necessarily the guy that wants all of our troops out of every country around the world. I don't necessarily need that. But I don't want us launching into wars indiscriminately. Like, like someone like Lindsey Graham would. I mean, oh, my I, gosh. I mean, Lindsey Graham would be in there, and we'd be, you know, if anyone would call him back. Again, I don't think Vladimir Putin even calls him back. But we'd be at so war funny. with some country within six months. Oh. I don't think there's any. Out about it. Plus, there's plenty of countries we could get our soldiers out of right now. Yeah, there's Everything some, yeah. would be fine. Yes, I, I agree. There are some. Like, I, you know, the one I always fight with uh, Glenn and Pat about is, uh, is uh, South Korea. And I still think that's important. Um, there, are some, uh, there are some places I don't mind having them. But uh, when it comes to Germany, at this point, you know. Really? You know, it's, it's all set. That's where, I mean, my dad served in Germany. Uh, and, uh, but I, at this point, I think it's pretty much, we're probably okay. You could probably just you maybe sell off some of that property and pay some debt down. I don't, you know, I don't know if we need it at this point. Uh, let's go to uh, Ben Carson. We talked about him not getting enough coverage. Uh, let's give him, uh, I think, what was it, 74 seconds? This clip is now going to be about half of his entire amount of coverage from all of the three networks. This is him talking about tax code reform. Dr. Oscar Green of Londonderry submitted this question. When elected president, what is your game plan to reform the tax code? Uh, well, you know, I base mine on who I believe is the fairest individual in the universe. That would be God. And uh, he said, I want a tithe. He didn't say if your crops fail, no tithe. And if you have a bumper crop, triple tithe. So there must be something inherently fair about proportionality, and that's what I would do. Um, it would have to be somewhere between 10 and 15 percent initially, um, and there'd be no deductions and no loopholes. We'll come. Yeah, it's good. I mean, that's obviously okay. a, a great uh, proposal. Um, it's similar to Rand Paul's, although Rand Paul has sure a couple is. of uh, deductions in there. I don't know if Ben Carson is talking about getting rid of the charitable deduction or if he just didn't include it in that part of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, we, you know, <laughs> even we kind of gypped him with the, a short clip of 35 seconds. He needs to learn how to stretch out his answers. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit too uh, succinct. Doc. No, but I mean, that's, like, that's, like, that's a solid tax plan. It's nothing... Uh, it, it, it's in line with what other candidates are saying. Whether they could get it done, I don't know. Uh, but he, and look, ben, ben Carson to me is. I don't, let's see if if it's the same for you. To me, he's about a middle of the pack. I, yeah, I don't think he's any different than. That. I don't think he'll get any farther than that. He's better than a lot of these candidates. Yeah. And by the way, including Donald Trump by a mile. If you want somebody who's not a politician, let me submit to you Ben Carson, who's right. a, a good man, a really smart guy. And, uh, and, you know, look, is he not a politician? Does, he's not maybe as exciting. He's not bombastic like Trump. Um, but he is smart, and he can, I mean, he's, he'd be much more conservative as a president than Donald Trump ever would. Oh, I agree with that. However, I think he gives the impression, like, I, he gives the impression to me that um, he's one of those guys that would get into office and... Um, not be able to hold other people's feet to the fire like he should. So too nice. Might, yeah, it just I don't think it would work out well hmm. for him.
Hmm, interesting. I just, I mean, I, that's the impression I get from him. I, I think the, my problem with Ben Carson in general is that he's another one that I think is going to have a tough time with the actual campaign if he were to get like get to that level of if he was a, if he was leading the pack. I think because he's never dealt with this sort of thing, it might be difficult. It's a tough. I can tell you, I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> Jeffy, I mean, one search of his computer, he'd be out of the race. You know, I think. Oh no, America's with me. You know what the sad thing is? You're absolutely right. They are. Um, but I think that there's a level of, uh, like, Trump has media experience. Oh. And while he doesn't have campaign experience, he has media. His whole life is a campaign. Yes. It's been a campaign since 1985 uh, where he's just been promoting himself all the time. And what is a campaign except self-promotion? So Trump knows how to do this. And, you know, where Carson... I think might get hit with uh, questions that have you know that are a little um, you know maybe he's not ready for. Not that he doesn't understand the issue; he's smarter than all of us probably put together. But it's just you know you're not necessarily used to that sort right. of thing. Trump, you listen to Trump when he's asked a question about policy, he never answers it. I, know, I was going to say even never an actual policy answer. Ben from sounds, Donald Trump. We've seen, uh, I, th I think like uh, when you get in the heat of the battle, if he was walking off stage and somebody hollered something at him, instead of Trump saying, not now, right. Ben would stop and answer stop, it and oh, get yes, himself well, whatever, in trouble. Yeah, you're probably oh. right. But I mean, that's the thing is Trump knows how to deflect from specifics of a policy that he doesn't want conservative voters to hear because they're usually not conservative. And he, de he deflects to a larger... Uh, well, you know, X, Y, or Z is against me. I don't like X, Y, or Z. I'm better than X, Y, or Z. I'm richer than X, Y, or Z. You know, it, one of the things he, he constantly does is, uh, you know, look, uh, when, he, when he gets an uncomfortable policy question, it's this sort of approach. Look, you know, we've been, uh, these guys all talk about things in Washington. I get stuff done. I get stuff done. I've been getting stuff done. I've been doing deals. I get stuff done. That's what I do. And people know how to get stuff done. It's like, well, how do you get things done? We've seen how he gets things done. Uh, I tell you how I get things done. Yeah, do I get some of the best people from uh, the best corners of the earth, and we sit down and we get her done? Yeah, well, that's that's not true. Um, what, how he gets things done, or he's outlined it in, in multiple separate, you know, separate conversations. You know, one of the ways he gets things done is he, you know, bribes politicians. He donates to people like Hillary Clinton. Again, this is his case, not mine. Yeah. It's his explanation, not my accusation. He puts money in the pockets of people like Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid so they can help his personal business interests. He admits that it hurts the country, and they're bad for the country, but it helps him personally, so that's him. what he did. Might need he him. bribed people. He threatens people. He, as we saw with the reporter, he takes his people, and they yell at the reporters, and they threaten them with personal um, uh, action. Right. Uh, he says he's going to sue them. He says he's going to ruin their lives he's going to take away their jobs he's going to uh, uh you know make their he's going to do quote unquote disgusting things to them that is what he threatens them behind the scenes another way he gets something done and third way he gets something done is thievery he takes the property of people who own it and he builds parking lots there using government power and that's also of course done by the politicians he's already paid off so, yes, he can get things done. He gets it done in those three ways. And if that's the kind of politician you want, you can have him. He's there, and about a quarter of the Republicans apparently want that. My name is Donald Trump, and I'm running for president. Yeah, I get things done. So there you go. You want people? A lot of people can get things done like that. People don't choose to do that because they're good people. Uh, that does not well, seem to be a restriction people, for Well, most Trump. of the people who uh, choose to live like that 
choose not to run for president. <laughs> yes, that's right, because they don't want it coming out. I think, right. and in this stuff, I think will slowly trickle out with Donald Trump. All right, Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven back. We're running really late, so we're going to take a break, and I'm going to shut up for a second. It's been a long time. I haven't been on the air and patents do in a while. Got a lot to say. Back in a second. <laughs> Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. It's Fat and Stew. We even got a new sign. I mean, it's pretty sweet. Do we have the sign up there? Yeah, still Fat and Stew. You know, people are uh, requesting. You know, we identify the show properly. We're spending money on signs. I mean, maybe I should ask for a raise. Yeah, you can't. I mean, we know what three times your current pay. How about that? Now, luckily, three times zero. Well, forget it. You know, it should actually. I mean, now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'll give you the fat and stew, but it should be spelled P-H-A-T. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. Mm, okay, well. Yeah, really. We'll, we'll get that done I've for got, you. I've got any, people on moment. Twitter asking for it, oh, and I well. think they're right. We'll get that done for you. Don't worry about it. Just, just don't hold your breath on that one. Uh, Obama is going to announce the biggest, most important step we've ever taken on climate change. Have you heard this yet? Um, no, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Stew. I was laughing because what was the, the old thing they used to say? I, I retweeted someone who said, wrote, wrote this. Uh, old, pass cap and trade or you'll get unworkable EPA rules. Remember when they used to say that all the time? Yes. If you don't pass cap and trade, you're going to get these really terrible EPA rules. Now, the new thing is those, those EPA rules aren't terrible at all. They're incredibly fair. Why are you a science denier? That is what they told us these were going to be unworkable before, and now we're saying they're unworkable and they're denying. When it. I heard this yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, him speaking oh, no. about this, oh, no. A, I thought completely of you. Mm -hmm. B, uh, there's not one lie oh, in really? what he said. Oh wow! Uh, in his in his thing for this for, for his for his energy. I will admit, I, I expected him to lie. Well, the entire thing is a lie. Okay. There's not just one okay. thing. I mean, the whole thing is a lie. All right, let's play it. It is unbelievable. <laughs> and I wanted you want to talk about him when he said uh, your prices will necessarily skyrocket. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can build a coal fire plant. We're just going to be too expensive for you to do it. We'll bankrupt you. That's this. Coming true, baby. All right, well, let's... Uh, it is unbelievable. Let's watch. Jeffy's uh, after that sell. I can't wait to see it. Here's Obama on the climate. Our climate is changing. It's changing in ways that threaten our economy, our security, and our health. This isn't opinion, it's fact, mm. backed up by decades of carefully collected data and overwhelming scientific consensus. And it has serious implications for the way that we live now. We can see it and we can feel it. No. Hotter summers, no. rising sea levels, extreme weather events like stronger storms, deeper droughts, and longer wildfire seasons. No. All disasters that are becoming more frequent, nope. more expensive, nope. and more dangerous. Nope. Climate change is not a problem for another generation, not anymore. That's why on Monday, my administration will release the final version of America's and he Clean did. Power Plan, the biggest, most important step we've ever taken to combat climate change. Power plants are the single biggest source of the harmful carbon pollution that contributes to climate change. But until now, 
there have been no federal limits to the amount of that pollution those plants can dump into the air. Think about that. I'm we limit the it. amount of toxic chemicals. using the Jeffy argument. Sulfur and arsenic in our air and water. Think about it. We're better off for it. <laughs> but existing power plants can still dump unlimited amounts of harmful carbon pollution into the air we breathe. For the sake of our kids, for the health and safety of all Americans, that's about to change. Unbelievable. You know, this, there, there is a limit to uh, how much they put into the air, and that is how much energy people need. They're not, they're not just doing it for fun. People need the energy, so that's why they're doing they're it. They're creating something, and then that goes into the air, but that's because people are asking for it. Yeah, they're actually requesting huh. it. Mm -hmm. that's not, this was the precursor to what he said yesterday, okay. and a lot of what he said yesterday is in this, but it was him just speaking at a podium. It was amazing. He is, uh, he is horrible. He, oh, he was really good. He was at his best. Yeah, and now people are saying the one positive uh, you could pull out of this is that nuclear power can be favored. They think that they can actually build some nuclear power plants. I'll believe it when I see I it. I doubt that. And I think, honestly, that would be a... Uh, nuclear power is something I really do want to investigate. I think it is the, you know, the right direction. Um, well, I, think, I don't think the government should be forcing it to happen, but maybe we'll get a positive uh, outcome out well, of it. Well, that'd be good, but I think what, the, what they'll do is they'll say, uh, yeah, we've, we've issued all these... Uh, uh, the paperwork so that they can go ahead and, and start building them, but the EPA won't let it happen because they'll have all, they'll have too many yeah. too many rules and regulations to get through. They it's what they did with find, the oil drilling. They'll find a way to stop it. All right, we're running late. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the number. Back with more Fat and Stew in just a moment. That's F A F A T. Uh, no, that's spell it. F. Uh, it's a giant F and then A T. Good change. What the sign is saying is that you're uh, overweight. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. That's exact. You're welcome. Thank you, Twitter. Thank you to the people who you ask on this program and you receive. I will say that it, since it's up there, I know you didn't go up the stairs yourself to actually get that done. So you whoever you just, did that. You just zip up the stairs real quick and you... <laughs> You've never zipped up the, stairs in your life. Zip the pH. And... <laughs> so it's the P hat and uh, student no, program. No, you pronounce it fat. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, do we, how much time do we have here? Do we have time for this uh, two minutes? Can we do this Jake Tapper uh, calling out Josh Ernest real quick? Oh, this, is, this is great. Here's Jake Tapper doing his job. Is it your contention that there's nothing in these secretly recorded videotapes of Planned Parenthood officials discussing what sounds like profiting from fetal tissue and organ sales? There's nothing in these tapes that bothers you and anyone in the White House? Well, Jake, I got to tell you, you know, th these videos are, were released because of their shock value. Uh, and there's no doubt that what's depicted on these videos is shocking. Uh, I know Why? that based on the news reports that I've read about the videos, I haven't actually looked at them. But people who have looked at them have raised significant questions uh, about whether or not uh, these videos are credible, about whether or not they've been selectively edited uh, in a way oh, to sure. grossly distort the position and the policies no, the, the, the whole, of Planned Parenthood. And if you consider the source... The whole video is put up uh, on, on the website of this anti-abortion group that, that put them out. I mean, you, can, you don't have to watch just the edited version. You can watch the whole version. Yeah. Well, listen, I'll, I'm relying on, on news reports that I've seen of people who've taken a look at this and raised questions uh, about the videos themselves. And there's no doubt that this is an organization ah. that has targeted Planned Parenthood for some time. Uh, so they clearly have an ideological axe to grind. We want to make sure that there is not an ideological effort to wholesale defund of Planned Parenthood that provides those important health care services to women all across the country. Well, somebody at the White House should maybe watch the videos in full.
<laughs> you think the basic uh, function of being informed on an issue would be to watch the video? No, uh, not this time. I mean, think about that. They won't even watch them. They won't even watch them. And you know why this, this hasn't turned the tide in this debate? Because that is the case with everyone who's against this topic. Yep. They're, not, they're not even watching them. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, there's probably a better way to, to release them than 13 minutes at a chunk plus the full video. Maybe right. there's... But I don't know. I don't know what you do at this point. We'll talk about this more coming up. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. I don't know what you do. Is the phone number. Welcome uh, to the program. It's Pat and Stu, or today, Fat and Stu, depending on how you spell it. Um, should we go a little bit more on the Planned Parenthood thing? It's still the big story. The fifth video came sure out today. Um, it is horrifying. Uh, you actually watch the whole thing? I didn't make it through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, not that I won't. I will go back and watch it today. I just didn't yeah. get through it in the radio show. The, um, the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of it are discussions about them selling baby parts, which you've seen. Yeah, I uh, watched most of that. whole babies, uh, not parts, but entire intact fetuses for sale. Uh, they talk again in detail of what seems to be a, a profit motive here. Oh, my gosh. Makes she, it illegal. she talked about it in the first in the first two minutes of that video. I heard that my favorite, my favorite line in the first five minutes was the diversification of uh, income stream. Or re- the diversification of revenue stream. Revenue stream, that's right. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's Come really, on. really weird. Um, and uh, maybe could, let's can we get that Jake Tapper clip one more time? Let's 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 play that one more time in case you missed it right it's before the end amazing. of the hour. Um, and, and we'll play that uh, before we get to that though. Let's let's start with Bobby Jindal. Now Jindal is one of these guys who's probably going to miss out on this debate uh, on Thursday, which is unfortunate. He's going to be in the early the, the kids table debate as we've been calling it. Um, he is, by the way, the only one who has actually successfully done anything about this issue. I don't know if anyone's noticed that, but Bobby, Bobby Jindal has defunded Planned Parenthood in the state of Louisiana. Everyone's talking about, hey, let's get this done. Well, Bobby Jindal's done it. He actually has stepped to the plate and defunded Planned Parenthood uh, uh, in, uh, in Louisiana from their Medicaid contract, which is supposed to fund it. Um, in recent weeks, it's been shocking to see reports of the alleged activities taking place at Planned Parenthood facilities across the country. Planned Parenthood does not represent the values of the people of Louisiana, and it shows a fundamental disrespect for human life. It has become clear that this is not an organization that is worthy of receiving public assistance from the state. So, I mean, huh. it's kind of nice that somebody's That's actually doing something. And he's, he was the first one to launch an investigation, and now the first one to actually defund Planned Parenthood, at least that I'm aware of. It's possible over vacation I missed something, but... Um, you know, I, unlike Glenn, I did at least kind of peek in at the news here and there, and I, I think I would have, I would have seen that. Um, of course, the Senate uh, did vote uh, 53-46 to defund Planned Parenthood, but seven short of the 60 votes needed uh, on the, uh, uh, to actually get the thing done. Um, the only uh, senators to cross party lines were uh, Joe Donnelly uh, of Indiana and wow. Joe Manchin of West Virginia, both Democrats who voted for the defending. Um, Mark Kirk, an Illinois Republican, um, voted uh, with the Democrats. Right. Um, he, he's a 
you know, he's your uh, very, the, probably the most moderate uh, liberal It's a good tactic. Senator you watch that Jake, Jake Tapper clip with Ernest. It's a good tactic from their side. It's a good tactic that they're taking with, look, I, we don't even watch it because it's probably fake. Right. Well, I, this is the thing I would like to, to kind of dissect here. I and mean, that's a weird word to use in this particular context. Um, but listen to his excuses and particularly how he describes what he understands about the videos he hasn't seen. Watch. Is it your contention that there's nothing in these secretly recorded videotapes of Planned Parenthood officials discussing what sounds like profiting from fetal tissue and organ sales? There's nothing in these tapes that bothers you and anyone in the White House? Well, Jake, I got to tell you, you know, th these videos are were released because of their shock value. Right. Uh, and there's no doubt that what's depicted no on these videos is shocking. Why is it shocking? Uh, I know that based on Why? the news reports that I've read about the videos, I haven't actually looked at them. But people who have looked at them have raised significant questions uh, about whether or not uh, these videos are credible, about whether or not they've been selectively edited uh, in a way to grossly distort the position and the policies no, the, the, the whole, of Planned Parenthood. And if you continue the source... The whole video is put up uh, on, on the website of hmm. this anti-abortion group that, that put them out. I mean, you, can, you don't have to watch just the edited version. You can watch the whole version. Yeah. Well, listen, I'll, I'm relying on, on news reports that I've seen of people who've taken a look at this and raised questions uh, about the videos themselves. And there's no doubt that this is an organization that has targeted Planned Parenthood for some time. Uh, so they clearly have an ideological axe to grind. We want to make sure that there sure. is not an ideological effort to wholesale defund of Planned Parenthood that provides those important health care services to women all across the country. Well, somebody at the White House should maybe watch the videos in full. There <laughs> certainly is an ideological effort to keep it going. Right, of course. Uh, yes, is there an ideological uh, motivation behind going and building a fake biotech company and going to meet with Planned Parenthood with ca hidden cameras? Yes, of course there's an ideological uh, uh, motivation to that. They want to stop abortion and they want people to actually see what goes on in these places because they believe, as do I, that if people actually understood and took the time to actually understand and, and see what's going on in these places, they wouldn't want it to go on. The reason why people aren't watching the, the, the little hands and legs being taken out of trays with tweezers is because it, they don't want to know. They don't want to know it. They know, you know, they don't want to put themselves in the position of having to deal with that information. And I understand that. You know, I, I get it. I, I understand it. I'm surprised but they it's haven't not, called it. it doesn't make it right. I'm surprised they just haven't. Oh, there's another, another Bigfoot video. Yeah. You start calling a Bigfoot, that's all. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they have, uh, they've been, uh, Bloomberg's groups, that when they go after guns, they will do this sort of thing. They'll go into some gun show and they will... Uh, try to buy guns, and they'll see guns being sold in ways that aren't legal. So they're targeting because of... Ideolo ideological reasons, oh. yeah. Uh, those never get questioned. The selective editing thing is BS. First of all, they should edit more, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. With this group... 15 minutes is way too it's long. It's too long. People aren't watching it. They, they don't even get to the part uh, where you're talking about this. People are posting screenshots, and they're more effective than the videos because people don't watch right. for that. So they should edit more and then re still release the full thing. You want context? Go look at it. it, it we're, there's three hours of context. Go go watch it. Um, and and plus, how many times, you know, really? Okay, so, um, you know, they've got their, their targeting and they go in for their undercover work. Yeah, they go in for their undercover work, and they've created this whole little theme to get inside of Planned Parenthood because going through the front door saying, hey, now you're selling kids out of the back, huh? 
Can I see you guys when you take the tweezers and pull the little legs out of the pan? Can, I, can I film that, please? You got a menu I can look at? Maybe get a couple of feet and legs? Right. Or can we discuss, uh, you know, if I, get a, if I get a liver, some timers? What do you need? Yep. I mean, uh, look, I, I'm not generally comfortable with this particular. Like, I wouldn't. I know. As, as, as much as I don't I like Planned Parenthood, I personally wouldn't be going into doing sting operations. I just don't. I don't know. I know there's something I don't like about it. But you know, look, the, uh, the information's there. They've, this group has done it. I mean, I don't think you can ignore it. It's, they've caught. They're, you know, the media wow. uses this stuff all the time. You think Dateline gives a crap? Uh, uh, they loved hidden camera videos. Everybody loved them when they were catching evil business owners doing things wrong. Now that you have actually an evil business owner doing something wrong on a topic they don't enjoy, all of a sudden it's, oh, they edited them. You think, you think Dateline 2020, they don't edit their tapes? You think NBC News doesn't edit tapes? Of course you have to edit them so they're understandable and that they're, they're digestible in small portions. You have to do that. Uh, but, you know, if you're willing to put the entire context up, I haven't heard. I have not heard one person go through the entire video and say, "Here's the explanation as to why this is uh, uh, they're, what they're insinuating is wrong." They'll say, "Well, we're just uh, donating tissue," and uh, okay, well, uh, the, right. the tissue there's cost applied to it. They're not. They're talking about increasing the amount of money they have coming in. You don't do that when you when you have costs. And when you ex right. when you have a meal that you expense for work, you expense the receipt. They give you that amount. You don't try to figure. Well, look, what we're going to do is we're going to charge nine meals on this. Seat, and we're gonna we're gonna change the numbers to try to get more money. Like that's when you're talking about unfairly benefiting from something like this. I mean it, that that talk is throughout it. There's no explanation for that in the context that would disable that argument. And beyond that, look at what they're doing visually. There's no context to taking tw you know tweezers or tongs and pulling out arms and legs out of a pile of that guts. alone. That alone should be enough to at least say, look, we'll, uh, we don't want to put you out of business uh, yet, uh, but we're not going to give you any more government money. The tax dollars is, that's done. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. And that's the thing here. This debate, it's a, it has, it's a low hurdle, right? It sure is. It seems like it. It is a damn low hurdle. Um, you know, you look at what's going on is the debate is not whether abortion should be legal. It's not about whether we should, uh, you know, close Planned Parenthood. It's not about whether Planned Parenthood should stop uh, giving abortions. It's not about whether people should be able to choose whether they go to Planned Parenthood. It's not about whether we should cut funding to women's health. It's about very specifically, should we take current dollars that go to Planned Parenthood and redirect them to a more responsible women's health area and, uh, you know, just temporarily until the investigation's done, because there is multiple crimes on tape. <laughs> so how about for, I don't know, six months while we're having an investigation going on, we pull back the federal dollars that go to, uh, to Planned Parenthood? That is not an irrational no, it position. Is not. They, look, it's not like they're, we're, we're accusing them of something with no evidence. You've got multiple tapes and more coming. And it shows how powerful Planned Parenthood is that Hillary Clinton, with tapes still coming out, is willing to stand up as, as strongly as she did with Planned Parenthood. They are, uh, you know, she, I mean, I'm I, surprised about that. I mean, I know that she's, you know, Margaret Sanger is one of her idols over the years, but 
That's pretty strong for her to be it's behind risky. these people. It sure is on, well, on this presidential campaign. If the next one is, look, you know, we're not supposed to do this, but we do it all the time. Everybody in the organization knows we do it, and we're going to keep doing it. If that comes out, I don't see why why you believe it. Does, it's not going to be in there. Um, there was also uh, hinting that there was going to be racial elements to uh, to some right. of these tapes. And we haven't seen that yet. But, uh, you know, if that comes out and they say, look, you know, we, we try to encourage the black mothers to have abortions. If something like that's in there, Holy crap. You know, what are they going to do? And she's out there going, I will stand by them no matter what. Harry Reid, oh, good luck with defunding those guys. I mean, these... You know, Mormon Harry Reid, with his 100% NARAL rating, is out there saying, uh, good luck defunding uh, Planned Parenthood. You know, Bad. it's interesting to stand up for an organization that you don't know. You don't know what, what this, these guys have. Now, it seems like, and I will say that their approach that I do like with the Center for American Progress, um, which is the people that have done this uh, you know, investigation, what they've done is they've led every video with a specific quote from a high-level Planned Parenthood uh, official on the record. So they're doing an interview, and they say, we would never do this. Then the video proves that they do it. And, you know, making... Uh, if I were a campaign advisor for Hillary Clinton, I would say, look, we don't see any reason to defund Planned Parenthood yet. Uh, you might say, hey, look, we don't have evidence for sure. There are things in the videos that are questionable. We're looking to see what happens. But right now, we're certainly not going to de uh, defund Planned Parenthood. Absolutely. I would not want to say... Definitively. Definitively that these guys are good guys because you don't know what's coming out next. And you look really bad if you're on record saying these are the best people on the planet and they wind up are, you know, they're aborting black babies intentionally. I mean, when they always talk about this with crime rates, well, you know, or, or arrest rates. Uh, well, uh, look, uh, the issue here is that black people are arrested at X percentage higher than the, than white people. What about abortions? Black people are aborted at a much higher percentage than white uh, people are aborted. Um, in New York City, the African-American birth rate is lower than the African-American abortion rate. Think about that. This is Margaret Sanger's dream coming true. Black people are being wiped off the planet because of this organization, and no one gives a crap on the left. I mean, it is shocking. You know, it is. If you listen to us, there would be millions more African-Americans in our culture, and we would be happy about that. That's what we're rooting for. We're rooting for more black people. That's what we're rooting for. Okay? <laughs> That's our policy leads to more black people. You Your policy a, leads to less black you people. You are such a racist. <laughs> oh my and that is how it's positioned. Oh, well, how are you trying to deny women's health to black people? No, I'm trying to keep them alive. It's bad. Uh. And I, I um, I'd be fascinated <laughs> to see how much, how far we're going with that, with these videos. They need to get them out. I'm surprised they're not pumping them out a little bit faster. They're coming out pretty, you know, they're doing at a reasonable the, yeah, pace. The, but. the idea initially was once a week for several months. Um, because of the, the speculation is because of all the, everyone, all the legal pressure trying to shut them down that they uh, might release them faster. I was surprised this one came out today. I thought uh, that uh, federal court in California shut it down. They shut down some of them, supposedly. I don't know. I don't know. This organization might say, screw you. We're releasing them anyway. Right, good I, for them. I don't know. I, you know uh, good luck. You know, I mean, obviously, it's just you know, legal pettiness. They went to an Obama bundler as a judge to shut them down. <laughs> I mean, it, it legitimately was an yes. Obama bundler. 
So and uh, donator. I mean, he, aside from he, just taking taking cash in from people yep. and saying, "Hey, give to Obama," he also gave to Obama. Yeah, big time. Uh, here is uh, Hillary's uh, defense of Planned Parenthood. Tell me, she has an out if something goes wrong with these videos. Watch. Republicans like Scott Walker and Jeb Bush are calling to defund Planned Parenthood, the country's leading provider of reproductive health care. And they are joined by Republicans in Congress who will not waste a minute in voting to make that happen. If this feels like a full-on assault on women's health, that's because it is. When politicians talk about defunding Planned Parenthood, they're talking about blocking millions of women, men, and young people from life-saving preventive care, cancer screenings, breast exams, birth control. They're talking about cutting people off no from the health care provider they know and trust. When they attack women's health, they attack America's health. And it's wrong. And we're not going to let them get away with it. And we're not, we're going, not to. going back. We're going to fight Gosh, she's back. Bad. I'm proud to stand bad. with Planned Parenthood. I'll never stop fighting to protect never. the ability and right of every woman in this country to make her own health decisions. I hope you will join me. Mm. She did kind of parse that, though. I'm, I stand with Planned Parenthood. I'll never stop fighting for women to be able to have their own health choices, which is interesting because you, you liked Obamacare, so you actually stood completely against women having their own health choices uh, over and over and over and over again. That aside, uh, that whole thing, I mean, A, she looked a little harried. You know, the hair wasn't quite done right. She looked like it was a busy day. She didn't look that good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Read it horribly. She's just she read it. I mean, it wasn't. She didn't feel it. No. None of that did she feel. Nope. There was not one sentence. It's a great way to put it. Did she, she feel it? It, she, it was she, unbelievable. Just robotic and just poor. Bad. Bad. bad, bad. I, there are 10 candidates on the Republican side that are better candidates take out policy for a second just can't i mean is there i mean i'm just I'm, I'm using 10 as a general example can i think of one that's worse i mean lindsey graham is as bad as her but he, you know he's bad in a different way yeah um is there anyone else who's as bad as that i don't know i mean i mean trump is bad I don't know enough a, about Kasich to say yes or no but yeah i mean i don't know he's better than her i think i like, would hope so trump is bad in a completely different way like he's He's erratic. He makes, you know, uh, bombastic statements, and that's not necessarily Hillary. But just from just the, I can't read a speech well. I mean, you probably would criticize Jindal, maybe, as the guy. Uh, you, I know you hated that one speech. Um, some people that's would go we after were, so We were looking forward to that speech I know. so much. Like Rubio, so some people, much. I guess the water. But Pulled he's a pretty right good out. speaker. Pull the rug right off from underneath us. Bobby Jindal, the newfound slayer of the Democrats. Bad. It's old. Get over it. Get over it. Triple you eight, brought it up. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Back is the number. I haven't brought it up in forever. Back with more Pat and Stu. And, and still, so, this guy. Well, got, Stu's got a good point for you about this. No, it's, it's, it's not that. Uh, Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. Uh, Jeffy 
usually brings a few things to the table every day, and normally they revolve around food, and this uh, is no exception. Jeffy, <laughs> walk us through uh, this commercial you actually found, which is actually pretty cool. And the commercial, I've, I've, I did find it yesterday, uh, thanks to my wife who said, did you see the commercial about the three generations of during the family? So I watch it. And I, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, the whole time, that, I mean, that's Glenn Beck. How come we didn't produce this thing? Right, right. And I'm thinking, that must that the blaze. We had to have, re no, it was for Nature Valley. Nature. <laughs> Is that granola bars? There's granola bars. I mean, they've got a big corporation. So, let, you know, thank you. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate it. But they spent a little money on this commercial. Now, this is uh, what the old-timers and the middle-aged used to do for fun as kids. All right, let's watch it. When you were a kid, what did you do for fun? So we'd go blueberry picking, for instance. Uh, just that's so cute. <laughs> We grew watermelons, um, plantains. I found an old sign which was big enough for me to sit on and made a great toboggan. It was very slick, very fast. <laughs> I had a few fish in my basket and I looked up on this bluff and here's this black bear sitting there watching me. If he starts chasing me, I'm going to keep throwing the fish out of my basket until he's gorged and he won't, and he won't bother me. And what did you like to do for fun? You know, you go door to door, get a group of kids, and you play uh, lots of games, uh, hide and seek, just going out to the field and playing baseball. And we build these massive forts, you know, the kind that you can actually sit in and, and, and play in, you know, with, with our friends, and it was just really wonderful. Now, what did you used to do? When you watch that, you think, yeah, that, that, was, oh, yeah. that was that was us. Sure. I mean, I, I never got chased by a bear for fun. Well, no, but well he didn't that. get chased by a bear. Either. I mean, <laughs> no. the bear was up on the ledge thinking... Hey. I might be able to take that kid. Yeah, you think eventually the bear would learn, hey, maybe I get a fishing pole. It's going to be a little bit easier. But no, they never do. No, they never do. And they never, never learn. Bastards, they keep using their paws. <laughs> like, can't. get a pole. What are you doing? They don't get so wet. So then they, you look at the younger kids, and which makes you think about your kids, really. This whole commercial makes me think, like, <laughs> I really am failing my children. No. You say it, but I believe that it's true now. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So, the, what are the kids thinking? Hmm. The kids of these people, what are the kids doing for fun today? What do you like to do for fun? Video games. Definitely. I like to go on my phone. Text. Some email. My favorite thing to do in the world is definitely watching videos and playing video games. Those take up so much of my time. Three hours, or t three to four hours a day. Same. Five hours straight. Just last week, I watched 23 episodes of a TV series in less than four days. I, I forget. Every... I'm in a house. I have parents. I have a sister. I have a dog. I just think I'm in the video game. I completely get lost. I would die if I don't have my tablet. Whenever I feel upset, I'd play video games and I'd feel normal. It's really wonderful. When your daughters grow up, your great-great-grandkids, what do you think will happen if this trend continues? It's scary to think that they'll never have to leave the house. Cindy grew up uh, doing a lot of the things that I did and, and enjoyed, and I see what uh, my grandsons are doing today, and it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. By the time they have kids, it's going to be a really different environment. I actually feel a little sad because I feel like he's missing out on what's out there mm -hmm. in the beautiful world. 
Mm, Nature yeah. Valley. Yeah. Oh, by the way, have a granola bar, kid. <laughs> uh, while, you're, while you're playing video games, eat. <laughs> That's pretty... Uh, it's I know. It's I'm true. telling you, I was ready to unplug all the televisions and computers and... Then I checked my phone because I got a text, and I went, went on my way. <laughs> it is kind of priceless that they're watching the kids' reactions on a tablet as they're. I, I, <laughs> oh my God! My kids are too glued to these tablets. <laughs> I know it's bad. Yeah, it's I mean, bad. I, you know, I grew when I grew up. Uh, I, I did a lot of those things. I played sports outside oh. all the time. I also played video games, though. I enjoyed them a lot. I played a lot of video games. I simulated a lot of baseball seasons. I, uh, I, did, I did. When a, I was growing up, Stu, mm -hmm. we talked about man. Someday they're going to have a video game. To play. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so I don't know. I mean, I I got into it. I, I liked watching TV. I liked playing video games. But I also yeah, I did, did the things outside. I did. You know, we created leagues and and uh, and you know played wiffle ball and and we did all that stuff. And part of that diet. You know, during the summers was also a hell of a lot of video games, and right. I did enjoy that. I don't know that it ruined me, but I, I mean, I guess that was well. It's a, at the it's time, a new it breed of world. Thing. There's yeah. no question. I mean, well, I read, which uh, I read about uh, an NFL player that was talking about the difference when he came into the NFL and what it is now, and he said during. Uh, during spring practice, and the NFL is just getting underway now, and they're coming back to the locker rooms, right. and they're practicing, and they're getting together. He said in the day, in the old days, you'd walk in the locker room, and the players uh, would be playing cards, playing poker, goofing off. Today, they're still playing cards and playing poker and playing games, but they're doing it on their phone or tablet against the guy on the other side of the locker room on the phone or the tablet. So they're not sitting around the same, ta you know, just sitting around a table looking at each other. It's kind of weird. No, I'm, I'm torn on it because I, th I think the typical thing to do is to be, you know, frustrated at these developments and be, I can't believe, I'm, I don't want my kid to be doing this. But, like, no. it's part of it. And, and every generation fights that innovation. Every generation uh, says, you know, you, you know, that it's a problem. I mean, I guess it probably is. I, I, I think, you know, when I was younger, there was... Um, there wasn't a, like we had cable, you know, and so I, and we had video games, but it wasn't like I wasn't you weren't on the phone all the time. I mean, I you know, you made phone calls, but there wasn't texting. There wasn't. My mother still worked uh, for the phone company when I, I mean she worked for the phone company as a long distance operator. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, so I don't know. I mean, maybe because there's such a deluge of it now. Uh, there's so many things. There's so many apps to check. I find like I, I'm torn with that myself because I know it's important to this job. I know. I know going on Facebook is important to this job. I know tweeting is important to this job. You do it. I mean, you're on way more than I am. You're on all the time. If you go to at Jeffy MRA and you want to tweet, uh, just look for six seconds and there'll be a new one. Or Facebook or any of these services. All the all this trending on Facebook is all I care about, Stu. You're, yeah, I don't right. care about anything else I anymore. About that. But you're on it all the time. I, I try to get on it as much as I can because I know it's important for this job. But even me, as somebody who doesn't, I don't enjoy that world. When it's on your phone, you're just checking it all the time. Like, know. you know, you're checking Instagram. You're just refreshing just to see what's new. Twitter, I mean, I have followed enough people on Twitter that pretty much every time I refresh it, there'll be something there, whether it's uh, some news feed, whether it's you, whether it's someone uh, important. You know, there's a couple of different things that I follow. And uh, it's kind of... Uh, I don't know. It's strange. It, 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 it changes the way you interact with It people. sure does. And it changes, especially like you think, uh, well, I, I'm able to put it down. 
I'm able to put it down. And, you know, we just got back from vacation. And I went a day. I thought, I'm not doing any of that today. And I didn't. A day. And that whole, and I'm pretty proud of myself, yeah. all day. One day, 24 hours, one day. No phone, no, no laptop, no tablet. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm up bright and early at 4.30 the next day. Yeah. Okay, I got to see what's going on. I know. It's, I, <laughs> it's bad. I mean, but it's more, I don't know, I'm torn because there are positives. You get more information. You are better educated, supposedly, on certain topics. Um, you know, there are times where, like, it's a nice mental release yeah, to no, be able to no just doubt. kind of stare at your phone and do something that's sort of mindless. Yes. I like that. It's just you can overdo it, seriously. If you want to do a, a, a weird experiment um, with yourself, I, which I unwittingly uh, did on myself uh, a, a couple weeks ago, was I forgot to charge my phone or it didn't, it didn't charge right. As the, so I, I woke up with, like, 14% battery. Oh, no. Okay? Do oh that gosh. one day. Run it down to 14%, then turn it off for the night and wake up the next morning and just use 14%. So you know you have 14% battery and you need to use get through the day with that, right? So what you need to do to get through the day with that is you turn your phone off a lot yeah. or you go into airplane mode or whatever so you can't constantly refresh it. And you realize how freaking many times you pull that phone off and because it's not on, you can't do anything with it. Holy crap, you do it a lot. I mean, every time you walk away from a person, you're pulling that thing out and you're just going, you know, you're, you're flipping the phone just to, just to update it to see if there's anything there. Not even if you're waiting for something important. It's just like a time filler. And we went up packing all of that uh, into all of our uh, free time. And Glenn talked about that a little bit. Um, and he recommended a book that kind of talked about the same thing uh, over vacation, um, which was you fill those empty spaces there's something weird about filling those empty spaces. Those empty... Are you on your phone right now? Like go while ahead, we're I'm, on the air? Go ahead. I'm just finding out that from my wife, man, right. do I want to go shopping. I shouldn't have looked at it. See, that's a pretty good point, too. Sometimes you probably shouldn't look at it. Because <laughs> now it's just distracting. But uh, you fill those empty spaces with, you know, jibber-jabber. Right. It's nonsensical refreshing of tweets and reading things that aren't important and you lose that time to think and and figure out what you're doing i will tell you the best thinking i do i've realized this many times and i'm just i've just put this together the best thinking i do always is in the shower because it's the one damn place i can't take that phone i can't take the phone in the shower yet Soon we'll have a, that ability. But I'm in the shower. And I'm just, you know, you're just kind of like you know, doing the thing. You know, you're sh giving, you're cleaning yourself off. You're doing the shampoo and such. Oh, we're telling what we're doing in the shower. No, let's not go too further, too much further on that oh, okay. particular road. But as you're doing those things that you do in the shower, your mind is free to oh, wander gosh, towards yes. thought. I can't tell you how many segments for the show that I come up with, oh, gosh, plans yes. for different things that we're doing on the show. Uh, you know, ideas people for stuff around the about. house. People, people I haven't talked I, to them I, in a while. I know. I need to. I need to call them. I, <laughs> And that's uh, the place uh, where you do no your question. best thinking. It's not because water makes you think. It's because that's the place you don't have distractions. I, I try that in the car a lot, too, especially, um, you know, I live in New Mexico now. Yes, you we do. Live in, uh, we, live here, we work here in Texas, but I actually live in New Mexico, so I have a little bit of a drive every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I go get in the car and turn on the radio or you listen to music or whatever, and it's, uh, most days it's like, okay, i got to shut off. And that drive to New Mexico with, you know, just shut off really helps a lot. Yeah, that whole that drive with not you know I put the phone in a briefcase, no radio, just kind of drive. That helps a lot. I mean, you're still refreshing Twitter though, right? Well, okay. yeah. Good, good. Okay, I good. mean, there might be something I need to tweet a picture on on the highway.
Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. It's Pat and Stu, and uh, no Pat. He's gonna be back tomorrow though, so that'll be fun. And we'll see him then. And we can get Jeffy out of this area and pull him back over there behind some red thing. <laughs> so we have some separation. I'll be called with a perch. <laughs> back in a second. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the phone number. Mental floss is a list of uh, beloved things that aren't disappearing, despite what you've heard, and they lead Ooh. off with because uh, these are not shortages. When you hear the word shortages in the media, usually what it means is there is a short-term imbalance of the market, which imbalance of the market act is is a bad way to put it because in reality, that's what the market is. The market is saying, okay, if there's a, a, an over an uh, increase in demand or a shortage in supply, prices need to adjust, and those, just, those adjustments haven't occurred yet. But that's what the market does. It's not an imbalance. Markets are supposed to react that so way. So it's a living, breathing kind mm. of thing. Mm. An incredibly efficient, incredibly huh. efficient, wonderful, wonderful thing. It sounds a lot like the planet, almost, mm. to me. A little bit, a little except bit. that the planet has fever. Oh, yeah. The market doesn't necessarily have a fever at this point. Never mind. Mm. I apologize. But one good thing we know, one good thing we know, mm -hmm. is that chocolate, mm -hmm. chocolate Cho is not disappearing. No, the running out of chocolate theme can reasonably be seen as spreading fear, uncertainty, and doubt in an attempt to manipulate the market, says Clay Gordon, a chocolate consultant. <laughs> that is awesome. I want that gig. A chocolate I, consultant? How is this I on your always team wanted job to be list? a Heinz police officer. Right. But a Heinz ketchup police officer, but I may, I may reconsider <laughs> mm -hmm. and be a chocolate consultant. Right. That's a pretty good gig. <laughs> I always look at these things and say, like, they'll do, chocolate is something that people love so much. To the point that when we, a long time ago, we did a segment of what were the top um, Christmas presents kids wanted in 1900. Oh, right. Remember yeah, that? It was chocolate. It was chocolate and nuts. Right. Chocolate and nuts were the two things they wanted because they were, at the time, so rare uh, and so, so much of a treat item that people never had them, so they wanted them really badly. And it's like, people want the chocolate so bad, the market is going to find a way to produce it for you. And it did. You're going to get it. And it did, of course. It did. Uh, the narrative isn't entirely contrived, however. There are two very real pressures on the cocoa chain. Climate change, dun-dun-dun, <laughs> which will oh very likely cut supply, they say, and increase demand for chocolate in new markets like oh, Asia. Man. What you're going to see is you're going to see prices go up, potentially, if these things come true and climate change does wreak havoc on cocoa as they claim. The issue, of course, being that hot chocolate is delicious. So is that really a problem? Just throwing it out there. But the point is, uh, what happens is your, your cocoa prices go up, and in theory, and it does not normally happen, but in theory, the prices would go up, and less people may be able to enjoy the chocolate. But of course, we've seen over and over again uh, that market pressures are able to even these things out, and that doesn't actually happen, despite the warnings of climate right. change. Well, and it's always, you know, it could happen with, if, with climate change. It could happen. Mm -hmm. Prices are going to skyrocket right. if we, with, according to climate change problems. Right. Well, I, uh, those problems don't exist. They do say that uh, could. cocoa prices have risen more than 60%, but, I mean, the prices go up and prices go down. You've noticed that oil prices have fallen by about 60%. 
And it, there's no, it, like, no one complains when that side of the market happens. They only complain when the prices go up. No one's complaining right. about the prices being low. And, uh, you know, well, Glenn does sometimes. But outside of that, no one does. Um, and uh, was, it, was it cocoa that was having some problem with a, a bug, though, that was eating some of their plants? Or was that coffee? Now I gotta, I'm going to have to use my phone, Stu, because I'm going to have to find out what the problem was. But I think okay. those cocoa prices went up because uh, a lot of the companies were uh, losing uh, cocoa. All right. Well, you uh, work on that. I'm going to go from the, very... the favorite thing is of, I would say, the favorite Whoa. thing of females... Uh, being, of course, chocolate, we convert to the favorite thing of males, which is, of course, bacon. No question. Uh, back in 2012, <laughs> a bacon panic erupted among pork lovers when a global bacon shortage threatened to ruin breakfast. I know. The source of the rumor, the National Pig Association. <laughs> Uh, they said it was a, a global shortage of pork and bacon was unavoidable. Of course, the story was picked up by all the news sources that say that they tell you what's really going on. Instead, as with chocolate, bacon became a little bit more expensive for a short time. Uh, the Internet is another one. That's it, great. Internet uh, was, they always, always told us we're going to run out of IP addresses. In the early 80s, the fourth version uh, uh, of the Internet was standardized. Uh, this is, of course, talking about the, uh, the IP address format. Uh, given a series of 32-bit numbers unique to each individual computer. Um, in total, there were 4.3 billion possible 32-bit IP numbers, so wow. we've run out. That's um, the only issue, of course, they've just changed to a new protocol system and solved it. <laughs> it's like, of course, right? So, yeah, you don't... Of course. Uh, avocados, uh, all, although I wish and root for them to go away because they're disgusting, unfortunately... And by the way, Ted Cruz agrees with me on that. I don't necessarily, I mean, once... Ted Cruz, okay? I, I got Ted Cruz on my side on this one. I think I'm on your side, too. They're awful. You know, Look, they're awful. The only time I... Um, Robert, who works with us here and does uh, sales and premier uh, mm -hmm. sales with us, he makes a egg taco breakfast mm -hmm. dish mm -hmm. that he cuts up avocado on the top. Mm -hmm. That is the only time in my life that I've actually liked avocado. I mean, yeah, Robert does pretty amazing things really food. Really good, and come to think of it, Robert, you have not made that in a long time. <laughs> I will also say, if you're good, if you're good enough uh, as a chef, which Robert is, you can hide the taste of awful things like avocado <laughs> in a taco egg omelet. <laughs> in a taco egg omelet. Uh, <laughs> breakfast tacos, yummy. Avocados, not. But again, unfortunately, they're not going away. That's um, sad. Uh, the, uh, the executive director of the avocado board, the Haas Avocado Board, uh, there will be more avocados available in the U.S. than any time like in the last the, ten. Is years. there any other? Is there any other avocado company any, anywhere? I don't know. Really? I mean, aren't they, that's the only one, right? I have no idea. Okay. I'm not an avocado guy. Um, you don't so, want to be a, an avocado expert? No, I'm not. A, I hate avocado. I really do. I think they're awful. <laughs> to the point of when, if there's guacamole on a sandwich or a, a taco or something, yeah. and I order it, and I say I don't want it, which I always do, and they bring it, I can't even, like... Scrape it off and eat the rest because like, the flavor is still there. The flavor yeah. and the, and and it's just, already soaked in the bread. It's already soaked in the other stuff. And once I it know. touches it, it's death. It kills any food it touches. Agreed with you. Because it, it's all green and slimy. See, and it's all over everything. Uh, I, I'm, to Robert's defense, yeah. in the taco egg omelet avocado, he just cuts them in little squares. Right. So they're not already squished in. Right. It. It's kind of a separate thing. So every bite isn't with an avocado. So, I mean, it adds to it. Well, I think they're terrible. I'm not winning you over with the avocado. No, you're not. I'm not going to
Um, let's do, uh, before we go, can we do this biker video? I thought this was kind of interesting. Stunt rider. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to watch this. Like, I saw this everywhere yesterday. Really? The world was going crazy with this thing. Oh, I, I mean, I, it is kind of interesting. He wanted to ride, ride his bike on water. Yeah. Could he do it? Watch. <laughs> Would be weird to see a motorcycle going across the ocean. <laughs> and for those of you listening on Blaze Radio, it's these little pontoony things on the side of his tires. Yeah, that's how he's doing it. Obviously, it's just a boat. <laughs> going real fast. He's just created a new kind of boat, but it is pretty cool. Now, the the Polynesians that were paddling. I really pissed now because he passed them. Yeah, he did at a high rate of speed. So that was a no wake zone. Um, he uh, basically, he, if you're listening on Blaze Radio, he put uh, these little kind of like ski things on the sides, uh, and pontoons sort of on the sides, and then his tire had uh, the little flaps to push the water. Yeah, so it, it, it basically was just a motorcycle boat. Pretty cool, though. I mean, that, we'll see all kinds of races with that. We do that we do that with snowmobiles every year, trying to race across lakes and everything, see how far they can get. Yeah. So we'll do the same thing with these things. Have we ever aired on this program the, we may have done this, the jet packs with the water where they pump the water through a hose? I don't know and if we've the, aired it, but I'm, we've, I've certainly seen it. Those are really cool. Can we do that tomorrow, uh, Andrew? Uh, those things are freaking amazing. I know. I'd like to. So the boat, they pump water through like a jet pack, and it makes it so these people can just float like 30 feet above the water. Uh, with like a jetpack of water coming out behind them, it's crazy. I'm told that uh, I want to do that. I would. I want to do that. I'm told that you, when you say 30 feet, I'm told that some people may only be able to get up to about 10. Uh, you were told that specifically. That's what I was told. I was told that some people can only get up to 10. Some people go down in the water. I don't know no why. How high? I don't know what excuse the they were that's using. Weird. Interesting. But uh, that's what I was told. <laughs> All right, we'll come back uh, on the other side and wrap this up. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Uh, we have uh, what was the other thing I wanted oh, to do? Oh, we got to do this. Got to get to your your girl, your girl, uh, my girl, Meryl Street. This is uh, evidence. Uh, you know, exhibit Q oh, no as to why she sucks and is overrated. We'll give you that. Definitely is that. <laughs> We now present to you yet another in a long series of exhibits to tell you and give you more information as to the case of why Meryl Streep sucks. Watch. I'm Ricky Randazzo, and I'd like to introduce my band, The Flash. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> 
traditional mom but I am a musician yeah, and I'd like to give all I have to you oh. holy cow I mean the scenes in which Meryl Streep is trying to rock out on the guitar are so embarrassing the, if, if this is what they're promoting yes I mean this the movie's gonna be worse than that Stu, this I, is a trailer it's the you, best parts you know I hate you but when I saw that trailer all I could do is think about it. I mean, Bad. case closed, right? Bad. Oh my God. Uh, it's over. I'll send it to the jury. It's over. 